Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. So the field goal was no good, but it's negated by 12 men on the field. Denver will get a second chance to kick this field goal for the win. Let's kicks it on the way and it is good impossibly devastating losses are almost becoming the signature of the sean mcdermott era it's inexcusable i called for mcdermott's head but now i'm demanding for it ken dorsey fired quarterbacks coach joe brady will serve as interim offensive coordinator buffalo has dropped four of six hasn't scored more than 25 points in those six four giveaways last night three charged to josh allen well maybe josh allen's the problem Diggs family drama. Mike Danger. So what are we talking about, Gino? Gene Battaglia. Let's talk radios. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Phrase I have heard most frequently in the last 12 hours. Hey, you guys got anything you're going to talk about on your show today? You guys need any content for your show today? How many times have you been stopped? today gene i haven't been productive at all i mean this is i'm not complaining it's it's cool that we're interacting with people and we're just trying to i don't be like your therapist it's It's a lot to sort through it it it, there is a lot to sort through let me just start with the way i'm feeling i'm a little tired like most people i also feel like it's the year 2016 all over again like what i'm watching at the end of last night like it's one thing to lose but to do it at your own volition there's a lot there's a lot to unpack from last night from this morning the news of today of ken dorsey's dismissal uh we're gonna try and and walk through this together all of us uh you're welcome to join us at 866-4326 our phone number is 585-8664-FAN we welcome you into the sports bar it's danger and bataglia uh, glad you're listening locally at 95.7 FM, AM 950. We're in the free-to-download Odyssey app. Our video stream is up at the Fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch. And as you would imagine today, we're going to spend plenty of time talking Buffalo Bills. Here's what's on tap. Brought to you by our friends from Three Heads Brewing. On tap at Three Heads Brewing, New York State Hazy IPA, fresh New York State grown hops. Sit on top of a pillowy soft malt base. It's delicious. And you can get yours at Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue today, or you can join us on Friday. This Friday, Football Talk Live is going to feel a little bit different than most Friday Football Talk Lives have. Yeah, I think yeah, we might have some Jet fans out there. We might have... Uh, look, 
We just have to kind of let it go. Like, <laughs> just come out and have a good time and, uh, you know, raise a glass here to what is, uh, I'm terming the, our official start of the holidays because, uh, it is Thanksgiving week and you're heading into the weekend here. So, uh, come on out Friday here to Three Heads. We'll have some fun. Uh, joining us later this hour, uh, Matt Perino of the Syracuse Post Standard. Who did his emergency pod last night, the show podcast. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Perino was the one who asked and, you know, Sean McDermott gave the hint last night right at the podium, like thinking about what changes could be made. All right. He made the change. How quickly things have changed, though. I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago. Was it Tim Graham that I think just asked straight up? Have you thought of making any changes to Ken Dorsey's responsibilities? So and it was an emphatic no. Correct. That was after the Giants game. The Giants lost. Like, go back six weeks. You put up 48 on the Dolphins. You're 3-1. and one. In a matter of six weeks, everything is unraveled here. How quickly things change in the NFL. Danger. Listen to this. Two plays. Two. Waller being held in the end zone. No flag. And here's the Hail Mary, but Godwin, I don't know, loses in the lights, can't see it. Incomplete. Those two plays are preventing a six-game losing streak for a team that many of us thought that was going to go to the Super Bowl. Two plays preventing a record from three and seven. Two plays. And we'd be talking about the draft right now. We may be talking about the draft in a couple of weeks. Five and five. How did we get here? It's not like you're losing to the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Cowboys. That's all coming up. <laughs> you're losing to the Broncos. You're losing to the Jaguars. You're losing to the crummy New England Patriots. So sorry if I'm a little short, sleep deprived, short tempered today. Like I said, Gino, we're going to get through this, all of us together. We're going to walk through the day. The afternoon is long. We have plenty of time, again, to, to take your calls. And by the way, Sean McDermott uh, is scheduled to have a Zoom call at 4 o'clock. Scheduled for 4 o'clock. We're going to plan on taking that live here on the Fan Rochester. Knowing McDermott time, that could be 4.30, could be 5 o'clock. I'm not, I'm not, that, that, that's the way they kind of roll there. So if it comes up, we're going to bring it to you because... I want to know what went into this decision because why I'm going to 2016 danger. I'm going to 2016 because that was the year. The last time the Buffalo Bills fired a coordinator right in season. Remember that it was week two. You got scorched by the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. Chan Gailey was the Jets offensive coordinator. And what ended up happening? Uh, you know, it wasn't the defense there. We got to, we got to fire Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. That's the problem. It's um, in my opinion, it's it's a cowardly move. Um, I, I think that it, it shows a lack of accountability. I think that it is wildly predictable. It, it's happened with this regime now multiple times, whether you're talking about you know, moving on from your special teams coordinator after 13 seconds, moving on from Leslie Frazier, and now moving on from Ken Dorsey. You've, you've moved on from your offensive and defensive coordinator in the span of 12 months. And it, right now... To me, it feels like this is seven games left for Sean McDermott to prove that he deserves a job. And and if you if you aren't able to check out the the McDermott uh, Zoom call later here on the Fan Rochester, here here's what it'll sound like. You ready? I have a lot of respect for Ken as a coach and as a man. Just felt like we needed to make the change there. Felt like it was the best move for the team moving forward. I'm confident in what this offense could be, and I'm confident in Joe. That'll be. 
Sean McDermott. We still have a lot of football to be played. A lot of football not, to be played. Are we happy? You know, the, the rhetorical question. Are we happy with uh, where we're at? No, but we. You you can telegraph exactly what's going to happen before it even happens. <sighs> it's not called moving the goalposts. I think it's called wrong take. Because like something has happened. The wrong take is last week, you know, he, somebody brought up McDermott, and I used the phrase "safe as a kitten." You know, what's funny, Gino, is is that a lot of times we in the you know locally because we're so immersed in it, we're so close to it, we we dive in as deep as we do. Sometimes the perspective of an outsider, a national reporter, or national columnist, or national host is refreshing. You hear it and you think immediately like, come on. Well, okay. I go back to when we had Maggie Gray. And if you haven't heard Maggie and Pearl off in the morning, Maggie has Rochester roots. Her husband's from Rochester. Uh, her brother went to the U of R. She knows the deal. She's a big bills fan. And along those lines, that was like a slap across the face. What she said to us in terms of like, Hey, wake up. It was an audio ice bucket challenge. It was 13 seconds was the high point. That's the fear we have. It's not going to get better than that. That's as good as it's going to get under Sean McDermott. My gosh. And she's right. And she said that a month ago. And and, and that is what she said that that's haunting. And was like, how did we not realize that? Because we're so close to it. Then we had another one this past week, Danger. Yeah, it was just on Friday. We were talking to Zach Gelb from CBS Sports Radio, who who actually tweeted this out. I, I, I saw it yesterday. He tweeted it out back in September when the Bills lost week one to the New York Jets, tweeted out this take. Jim Harbaugh would fit Buffalo perfectly where he's like a quirky kind of guy, would fit into the passion and, and just the, the craziness that comes uh, with being a part of Bills Mafia. And there's an experience to him. And I, I think he would thrive and get the Bills back in the right direction. And I remember when he said that, I think both of us were kind of like rolling our eyes. Yeah, okay, Gelb, whatever. Now I'm like, yep, absolutely. He would be an immediate upgrade. Don't even hesitate. Get on the phone, Brandon Bean. Well, here's the benefit. Because if you're trying to grease the skids here, if you're already looking for it, you can't call the offensive coordinator in Detroit. He's under contract. The rules prohibit that. You can pick up the phone and talk to Jim Harbaugh's people anytime. And they'll gladly take the conversation. And if you if you weigh out the options for Jim Harbaugh, okay, let's money aside, okay? But do you want to rebuild in Washington? Do you want to rebuild in Chicago? You don't want to go work for that guy in Vegas. Do you want to come to Buffalo? Now, careful, because I know a lot of people will be like, come to Buffalo. Look, we already have our quarterback. Oh, you already have your quarterback. Your quarterback is a turnover machine. A turnover machine. So maybe that isn't as appealing as we, because we're very close to okay. it. Maybe it isn't as appealing to some as it would be to us. We all love Josh. You got to start looking in the mirror here, folks. He is a turnover machine. And in the NFL, when you turn the ball over as much as the Bills turn the ball over, you're not going to win many games. Now, is that on Ken Dorsey? In a part, yes. In part, sure. You're the offensive coordinator. You have to instill the importance of protecting the football to your guys. I'm not in favor of Sean McDermott benching one of your best players after he puts the ball on the turf. The first play from scrimmage is as jarring as that play was. Oh my gosh. I think that's foolish. I think it's ridiculous. That this this is in high school. What are you trying to do? 
Like, is are, is that your motivational technique, or do you really think that Ty Johnson gave you a better chance there on that drive? <sighs> there, there are so many instances from last night where you're just left with the the conclusion this all needs to change. It all and and here's my takeaway. Here's where I'm at with Sean, the Sean McDermott era of Buffalo Bills, and you tell me how you feel. Because last night was the latest in just a long string of careless, foolish losses that didn't need to be. No, where do you want to start? Where, where do you want to start? Minnesota. Right. Minnesota, a year ago last night, right? Yeah. Exactly week 10 last year, Minnesota. You could go back to the the win game against the Patriots, right? That was ugly. The, um, how about how, Hale Murray? Hale Murray. The, the, of course, 13 seconds. I mean, the, the loss in Jackson, the 9-6 or whatever that was, loss in Jackson. What about just earlier this year, like to Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, who has one foot out the door in this league. Right. That's going to be his last win in the league. Like, losses happen in the NFL, but they don't happen because of these self-inflicted wounds as much as they have. Like, we tease. Tim, the commissioner, told me about this. He, he actually brought this up to me. We tease the Chargers. Oh, Chargers. They're just going to charge away games. What do we call it when the Bills do what the Bills have done during Sean McShottenheimer's tenure as head coach? What do we call it? Sean McCharger? <laughs> McChargering? Like, you knew they were going to lose last night when you left too much time, but the way they lost, and if you caught this, okay, the kick is no good. And before I saw a flag, I heard the chuckle from Aikman. <laughs> And it was like, <laughs> it's only fitting. They're going to lose the game in this way. They deserve it. And I can't argue with Aikman. That's right. He didn't say that. His chuckle said that in my well, opinion. I mean, that was the moment when I knew Dorsey was going to lose his job. I knew he was screwed when there was 12 men on the field for the uh, field goal. That's that's Rex Ryan BS is what that is. We can have a Dorsey conversation. Um I, I'm sorry, Sean, that you had how a timeout. About, how about... Guys have gotten fired for less than running, calling cover zero on third and long with them out of field goal range. Two plays in a row. Greg g- got fired from out the Jets. of field goal range. Yep. You, it worked once, but you did it again. Well, so Wilson we're going to die, yeah. die aggressive. You're going to die aggressive and dumb is what you're going to do. That was dumb. See, we need to dig in in that regard. Like, why did Sean, why did Andy Reid fire Sean McDermott? Was it crap like that? Was it the players? Like what it was? Just, it, that dumb. was just du- Greg Williams lost his job a couple of seasons ago for the same thing. Remember that? That's the Jets defensive coordinator at the time. So, like, we're invoking Rex Ryan and Greg Williams. That's where we're really, at. That's where we're at. That's where we're at with this guy. He needs to go. It's done. You have seven games left in the season, and there isn't even if he wins out. If, even if he, the only thing right now that would satisfy or satiate anybody is if you win the Super Bowl. And it ain't happening with this team. He needs to go. This is it. It's over. We don't need to lose the games the way they're losing these games. It's almost always on the head coach. Incredibly sloppy 
How many instances? 13 seconds. Zero detail. Zero. Zero attention to detail. Well, we practiced it. I don't know. It's inexcusable. You're damn right it's inexcusable. How? How do you know you have 12 men on the field when you know that Denver is going to do one more kneel down, then they're going to run out the field goal team onto the field. You had time to know that was coming. You had time to get organized. You practiced it during the week, and it's still got screwed up i'm done i'm out i'm out on mcdermott you're not going as far as you think you're going you're never going to get it you're never going to get to where you want to go with that guy leading your organization 866-4326 we know that we have people standing by (laughs) tim in san diego hey Tim. tim how are you I don't know how to follow that up. I know, Gene, you could probably use a power nap, uh, you know, getting away <laughs> last night. But, jeez, wow. Um, I'm with you, though. I, I'm definitely with you. And, you know, with Dorsey, I think it was just the body of work. You know, just you see the regression in the offense. And especially, like, I point to the opening drive in the second half where you're gouging the Denver defense with the run, and there's not a running play to be had. It's three passes and out, you know, the old Rockette offense, one, two, three, kick. And like, come on, you know, you can't do that. And, and Gene, to your point about McDermott benching Cook, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, so Gabe Davis doesn't make a catch that he should make, turns into an interception, but yet he doesn't see any pine time. It's just, you know, the, the uh, contradictory uh, coaching. I, I, I just it, yeah, complete, hypo- complete hypocrite, zero accountability, Tim. Ju- and by the way, you knew this was coming based on his actions after the game. In, in, in He's never done this. He doesn't do this often. After the game, he referenced the, the play of the defense. And look, the defense played well for the majority of that game. You kept, yes. you know, you have four turnovers for it to be as close as it was and for you to only give up a touchdown up until that last drive where, where you know, that touchdown that, that Wilson threw to Sutton was a unicorn. Those That's a play that, that had zero chance and they still made it happen. So the defense played well, but to, to hear him after the game reference that there were five defensive starters out twice in his press conference when all along it's always been, hey, it's always next man up, no excuses, we're not making it. He was making excuses last night. He knows. He's, that there was a different McDermott on the sideline He's making night. excuses yeah. because he knows, he knows he's about to lose his friggin' job and he should Tim, thank you very much. Chris in South Central Kentucky, who was at the game last night. What's hey, up, Chris? Hey, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking about this whole thing with McDermott and the thing with Dorsey. That should have been done three weeks ago, but unless McDermott can actually evolve as a coach and take a long look and see what he has been doing, is just not he. He's going to his same guys. He's got his guys he can trust. He's got his guys who are constantly in his doghouse. He has not evolved enough as a coach. I give him all the credit in the world for turning the bills around and coming in and making them relevant once again. But at some point, you just got to say what we're doing is not working. You know, going back to the well, using your same guys over and over and over again, doing the same thing over and over again, and not even getting the same results, getting worse results. When is it going to change with this team? I think, and it's funny, It's for me, it's still details, right? It's yeah. little details. It's always been the Achilles heel of Sean McDermott. Just small attention to details. Think about this. What if last night 
it's, you call timeout with like 15 seconds left instead of 24, just to put a little bit more heat on and, and to make them, you know, you know, they're going to kneel again. You know, they're going to kneel again, but you leave fewer seconds and you have to force them to, you know, yeah. like little details like that. Clock management. I don't even talk about challenges. He didn't challenge anything last night wisely because he would have failed because he doesn't know how to, how to get a challenge. He's one of the worst all it's time. Just, statistically, It's though. just, it's seven games, seven games to save his job. The, the, the move today to fire Dorsey, in my opinion, is weak. It's predictable and it's desperate from a man who is too small to own up to his own failures. I go back to 13 seconds, how he didn't take responsibility. Terrible. He went to execution. Terrible. Terrible. Luke in Rochester. Thanks for holding on, Luke. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. Um, well, I completely agree. Um, McDermott is an inferior coach. It was obvious to me back when in the Texans playoff game and overtime, his defense allowed a conversion on third and 18. And then you guys mentioned some stuff in last night's game and previous games. Uh, he's going to go down to be 13 seconds and 12 men. Almost sounds like Neil Young's song for that in Ohio. has a <laughs> ring to it. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he's been outcoached so many times. It, I mean, when we went through the exercise, better quarterback, Josh Allen, more talent on the roster, Bills. Bills. Head coach. Sean Payton, better head coach. We, we we should have factored that in. Better defense. How could you say the Broncos had the better defense? When they gave up 70, they're improved. But here's what I'm going to say about McDermott. Name another coach that would survive going down four stairs. Meaning, here's the stair, AFC Championship game. Oh, we're going to take a step down. You lost in the divisional round. Oh, we're going to take another stop down. You you don't even make it out of the first round. You lost at home. And now you could go 6-11. and 11. Paul in Rochester, what's going on, Paul? Hey, fellas. Uh, frustrating day today. Even more frustrating night last night. couple of thoughts. Um, first off, like whatever, McDermott or Sammy I mean, McDermott's the guy that picked Nathan Peterman to be a starting quarterback. Right. Think about that. Yes. Right? But more than that, regardless of the coaching issues, which which I think are a big problem, you know, this team isn't fast enough on offense. Like Gabe Davis isn't fast enough. Hardy's fine. But like if you look at the really high powered offenses in the in the NFL this year, they're speed everywhere and that to me is what we need we don't have anything in the slot like you don't have a big aggressive outside wide receiver Diggs is amazing but after that they're slow they don't catch the ball and and they're not shifty enough so like you're obviously not bringing a Cole Beasley back but someone like that needs to be in this offense for it to hum because otherwise like you're just missing a huge piece of what makes Allen successful you've got no safety belts anywhere we don't even know what this offense looks like moving forward right I mean now now the guy that your quarterback endorsed to be the offensive coordinator is out in less than two years and you're replacing him with a guy who when he was last an offensive coordinator was out in less than two years so, you know, best of luck to Joe Brady. I'm not holding my breath. I don't think that this is going to mean anything magical happens now with the Buffalo Bills offense. I think this is a desperate, weak move from a coach who, moving forward, is scared that he's going to lose it's, his job. It's emotional, too. 
Like when you make a big decision like this, you got to give yourself more than 24 hours, but the short week did not allow him to think about, think about this. It's Steeler fans. You're going to get a chuckle. Matt Canada is employed. Ken Dorsey is not, (laughs) but there is something, there is something to the way Tomlin leads versus the way his buddy, Sean McDermott leads. Tomlin will hold himself accountable. Tomlin will, to a fault, stay loyal to his guys and make sure that they're doing things the way he wants them done. And by the way, they win the majority of their games. McDermott's a deflector. He's uh, not my problem. It's his fault. Somebody's got to pay. It's execution. 13 seconds. Execution. Execution. All right. We got to get to Matt Perino, uh, who we're very lucky to have on with us on a day as busy as today. We'll, we'll get his thoughts. Matt Perino of the Syracuse Post Standard. And we do hear from Sean McDermott here coming up just after four o'clock. Stay in the sports bar. We have time for your calls as well. If you want to pull up a stool at 866-4326-585-866-4FAN. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A fan, Rochester Sports Update. Buffalo Bills firing offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. Joe Brady taking over. Brady was the quarterback's coach. The Bills falling to 5-5 five and five this after the loss on Monday night to Denver. Steve Tasker on the path ahead. I think they're at a point at 5-5. Five and five. If they want to make a realistic push at the playoffs, they had to shake things up. Absolutely no question. Now, they're 5-5, five and five, and what I think, they got to go 10-7 and seven to make sure they're in the playoffs. That's five and two down the stretch. I don't even know if that's going to be enough. We will carry the comments from head coach Sean McDermott. He's scheduled to talk on Zoom in the 4 o'clock hour today. Coming up next, we'll talk to Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard in the Shout Podcast. Sabres hockey tonight, Buffalo hosting Boston, 7 p.m. for our coverage. Syracuse basketball at the Dome tonight against Colgate. Gene Bataglia, the fan, Rochester. Meet or on the rocks, it's the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. We practiced two or three times that this week, the substitution from from dime to field goal block, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, we didn't execute it, so it's inexcusable. 
inexcusable. Sean McDermott, post game after the uh, Bills' fall to the Broncos on Monday Night Football. We are very lucky to have uh, Matt Perino of the Syracuse Post Standard, who's at the game last night covering the game, everything afterwards. Matt, this is uh, this is new new territory here. I mean, we've seen disappointing losses certainly during the Sean McDermott era, but the the anger feels different. It feels more raw this time, and and for the first time, I think we can definitively say, hey, Sean McDermott moving forward here is coaching for his future with this organization. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah, whether you want to call them scapegoats or not, I mean, Leslie Frazier out of the picture this whole season, Ken Dorsey, who was tabbed to, to run this offense after Brian Dable left with the full confidence of the coaching staff with the front office. I mean, we've heard time and time again, all the way up until last night, that the confidence level was high in, in Ken Dorsey. The problem is Sean McDermott can't fire himself. He, he had to make some kind of move. And the difficulty is, and we guys, let's go back to the beginning of the offseason when we learned at the combine, right before the combine, that Sean was thinking about becoming the defensive coordinator. The devil is in the details. This has been a team that is so buttoned up, detail-oriented when it comes to game day. It's why they beat bad teams. It's why they've been so good at one-score games over the course of Sean's career. But what we've seen happen this year, despite him being what he was when he got here, an excellent defensive coordinator, we knew this about him, the problem is other things fall when the CEO of the operation is sidetracked with one specific job. I put Josh Allen's failure, the offense's failure, as much on Sean McDermott as I do Ken Dorsey. Um, I think the Bills being ready to play offensively, defensively, that falls on the head coach. It doesn't fall on the second-year play caller who's just trying to figure it out. You handed him the keys. And so did, did Ken Dorsey do a great job this year overall? Of course not. But ultimately, that was Sean McDermott's decision. That was, that was who he tabbed to kind of run this thing. And over the course of this season, we've seen this fall off the tracks more and more so. And it's interesting. So I went back and I listened to, to Josh Allen's mini camp press conference when the whole Stefan Diggs thing kind of came about and he was downplaying everything Uh, He had thrown a kind of little nugget in there about like organizational communication and how that was basically at the root of the problem and that it needed to be better. And I think what's interesting even more is that he was talking about like, Hey, we got so many time before, but before the game start and everybody's blowing this out of proportion, but we're having the same conversation in November. They're still searching for answers. And so something needed to change because even with this process starting on the second day of mandatory minicamp to right now, they've never landed on a specific answer for what is ailing this offense. And that to me was what probably was the final uh, nail in the coffin for Ken Dorsey. So we know that, that, that Ken Dorsey was endorsed by Josh Allen when Brian Dayball left. Do we get the sense that Joe Brady has the same endorsement from the most important person in the organization, not named Terry Pagula? I have no idea. We don't know anything about Joe Brady. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's been such a strange thing. And this is another thing about Sean McDermott. He is such a micro manager when it comes to the, his coaching staff. Do you remember when Ken Dorsey was the quarter, quarterback's coach and we never, ever heard from him? They hired him. It was kind of like this 
you know, uh, it happened during COVID. So I, I'll give them a little bit of grace on that, but we never even had an introductory press conference for the guy. And then we get to like, I think it was training camp. He did a quick kind of scrum type of deal. And I don't think we spoke to him again until he was named offensive coordinator. It's been the same path for Joe Brady. I don't think he's ever done a press conference. And if he did, it was a one and done. We don't get any sense of like what the relationship is between him and Josh Allen. Dorsey didn't speak too much to it. Uh, McDermott hasn't spoken too much to it. Uh, Josh Allen has been complimentary of him, but in a season where it feels like <laughs> if you want to talk about regression for Josh Allen, I think the greatest regression is his composure on the sideline. Like that to me is one of the most important jobs of, of Joe Brady is to be on the sideline, be a, a shoulder to cry on, uh, 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 somebody to lean on all that kind of stuff. And like at times, like when the bullets are flying, it hasn't looked very good. So I was wondering yesterday if maybe Joe Brady wouldn't be the guy that they, you know, somebody needed to fall and, and maybe you can go there, uh, but they're handing him the keys. And this is a guy a couple of years ago who was one of the hottest coaches in the NFL and he went to Carolina and it was an absolute uh, tire fire, but the deal was they didn't have any talent there. So that's, that's part of it. I've talked to people around the league that have a lot of respect for Brady. Uh, we'll see though now, cause he's getting handed the keys to this offense. And the interesting part, we just talked about it on an emergency podcast a few minutes ago or hours ago. What does he do with this offense? He's been in it for a year and a half, but it's not his offense. It wasn't even the offense of the guy that he was on the staff with um, previously that kind of like brought it to the team. Is he going to keep this offense? Is he going to go up in the booth? Is he going to stay in the sideline? And oh, by the way, they have to do it in five days before they play a defense that has done nothing but shut Josh Allen and this offense down the last couple of years. Yeah, things are looking not so up here for the Buffalo Bills. Matt Perino, uh, Circuit's Post Standard in the Shout Podcast. Matt, I'm trying to piece together, like, okay, how <laughs> did we get from on October 1st 48 points against the team that was challenging you. Nope, everything is fine in Buffalo. And here we are six weeks later, and the season looks like it's uh, you know about ready to end. And I guess my question is, the injuries. And you heard Sean McDermott reference that last night, being down five defensive starters. Had, did McDermott overcorrect here in that regard? Yes, they were certainly down some defensive starters when you started with White and then Milano and Daquan Jones because, you know, the Jacksonville loss in London, okay, but then you come back and then what was that against the Giants? And that we should have been like kind of that should have dialed us in that maybe McDermott was kind of meddling in an area that he shouldn't. Did Sean McDermott meddle too much with this offense, Matt? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, he definitely had his hand in um, the cookie jar, but I, I think that would be the expectation. I felt like he had it in there when Dable was here. Um, I think offensively, like, you know, sometimes you got to listen to your players. And I had a tweet during the Jets game where I said, man, does this offense just look so hard like they're trying to do so many things and wouldn't they benefit maybe something a, a little bit from simplifying things and by week six week seven Gabe Davis kind of came out in a, in a in a press conference was like yeah we're trying to like make it simpler like we have a lot of talent let's just do what we do well almost like felt like a message at the time to Dorsey and now we get to this week's game and Dan Orlovsky from ESPN comes out and talks about how this is the most predictable yeah. offense in the NFL, just completely just railroading Dorsey and this offense. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a, a modern day conundrum. Like I don't understand 
how the Bills can have all of these advanced metrics that show uh, efficiency, that show production. Josh Allen has all these touchdowns this year. Obviously, the interceptions are a talking point. But it's just an offense that's just struggling to score. Um, I think the defense is part of the problem. I think you saw yesterday what it means when they can get a turnover in the game. Uh, It's changed a little bit, the dynamic of the team since week four, when um, in that game it was Trey White going down, and then the very next game was Daquan Jones and Matt Milano. I almost felt like they were, you know, blindsided by how much they lost on the defensive side, and the defense just has not been playing the way that it had been. And I thought yesterday was the first good sign. It's, you know, we would have been talking about a completely different thing if the Bills win that game, because I thought that their front outside of Von Miller, who continues to be kind of slow moving back, really started to have some splash plays again from Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa. I thought Ed Oliver had another like outstanding season. And that's kind of like a bright light in all this is that, man, is that a true value at what they got him at uh, with that contract, with the way that he's played this season. But it doesn't matter because, you know, they're what I started with. They're that 12 men on the field deal to me. Like everybody's like, fire Matthew Smiley. Fire Matthew Smiley. That's Sean McDermott's job. Yes. That's 13 seconds was Sean McDermott's job. It was his job to make sure before that field goal unit goes out or the kickoff unit goes out that they know where to kick the ball. When you call timeout and set your defense, letting your cornerbacks know where to line up and what part of the field to take away. That's the head coach's job. I don't care if it happens on offense, defense, or special teams. And so right now it's, it's a tough spot because they, they, can, they, can make, they can have scapegoats. They can make a change. They can, they can do all these things. But the, the main problems seem to be remaining, and how do they fight their way out of that? I don't know. There's an arrogance to Sean McDermott, I think the play caller, and it's it's an arrogance that's gotten coaches fired for less than what we saw last night. I mean, we like the cover zero blitz that forced Denver out of field goal range, but to go to the well a second time against a good coach like Sean Payton, a good quarterback like Russell Wilson, smart, savvy, veteran guys. I mean, what did you think was going to happen when you, Greg Williams got fired from New York for doing that exact same thing against the Raiders just a couple of seasons ago as a defensive coordinator. I mean, talk a little bit, and I know his post-game press conference, Matt, you were there. I mean, he basically doubled down and said, yeah, we're gonna, if we're going to die, we're going to die aggressive. Is that smart? Yeah, no, Sean McDermott's interesting because he, to your point, like he is this great defensive coach, and I, and I think he's done such a great job of he, there was so much work to do when he got here to flip this script and he did it. And I, th- I do think that he deserves credit for that. And uh, I've been very complimentary of that. But the problem is when you look at the 30,000 foot view of his coaching tenure in Buffalo, it really, the highlights are just really bad moments. I mean, the 13 seconds, if you could go all the way back to the Nathan Peterman game when he put him into Tyrod Taylor. You can then go to the Houston Texans playoff game when they were up 16-0, and they just completely collapsed in that game. Uh, they no-showed the AFC title game. And they listen, that was, out of all of them, I felt like that was an excuse. That was a, a buzzsaw of a team on the road, your first really big-time playoff moment. But there haven't been a lot of playoff um, memories that I feel like, you know, teams think or, or fans think of Sean McDermott as the reason the Bills won. And so I think that that now creates this, this side narrative of like, 
you had this coach that got away in 2021 and Brian Dable, who there is a heavy amount of fans that wish he, you could bring him back and kind of flip the script a little bit just because of his relationship with Josh Allen. And I mentioned the culture point at the start because it's like, where is the culture now? I asked Sean there last night. I said, does it feel like this is all unraveling? Because you've been lauded for your ability to build this culture, but the culture seems like crap right now. You know, you walk in that locker room. It is. Oh, uh, tell me about Gabe Davis not wanting to talk after the game, Matt. Well, he walked up to James Cook's locker, said, uh, can, uh, can you talk real quick? Because we wanted to get his. Now, he's a young player. I give him a bit of a more of a pass. And he said, no, I'm good, and just walked out. Okay, whatever. We moved down a couple stalls. There's Gabe Davis, captain. Asked him if he wanted to talk, and he said, I don't want to talk. Walks out of the locker room. I mean, the, the misconception is that Gabe Davis is telling me and Jay Skursky and John Scott that he doesn't want to talk to the three of us. That's not who he's saying no to. He's saying he doesn't want to talk to the fan base that is absolutely seething about him missing that ball that led to an interception, all this other stuff. Like, and not to mention the fact that you're a team captain and you're not going to answer for that. Meanwhile, Mitch Morris talked. Deion Dawkins talked, Josh Allen talked. I mean, the guys that kind of show up, the account of everybody talks about accountability in team sports, right? Especially in football. But sometimes it's like the lack of accountability is jaw dropping. And it's a five minute interview. Not even most of those are like two or three minutes. And I get the frustration level. And listen, I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, I, I haven't been in that situation. It's probably tough to have to talk about it after that kind of level of frustrating um, loss. But that's the job. It's part of the job. Right. We're talking about a guy who's going, who's in a contract year. Yep. That there's been all this talk about what is it going to look like on the other side of this for a potential extension. I don't know how. This doesn't have much to do with last night. So stop it there. But the, the full picture of this season in Gabe Davis, I don't know how you extend him because he's not a number two wide receiver. No, he's not. Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, our guest. Um, when you're talking about Joe Brady, you brought up an interesting point that there is kind of this communication gap, the way they kind of have things set up. And I'm just wondering, the, at the very top, there certainly is. And, and you know, I don't need Terry Pagula thoughts from him every week, and we don't get uh, Brandon Bean as much as we used to. But I'm just kind of wondering here, Matt, because – there are fans who are going to say, yes, we would like a change. Yes, there's a coach that could come in and do this. The way that it's kind of the dynamic, though, the fact that McDermott kind of brought in Bean to begin with, uh, this would be not Brandon Bean doing this. This would be Terry Pagula, and I have no idea what uh, is going on in the in the mind of Terry Pagula right now. I mean, it's hard to say, man. The guy has not spoken about his football team outside of the groundbreaking event. To my knowledge, to the local media at least, since the 2019 owners' meetings, wow. which is just wild. And now, part of it is it's been such a successful run. You know, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they've been the kind of toast of the town. They, they've rebuilt this entire organization. They've, they, they've been empowered by Terry Pagula. Obviously, everything that's gone on with Kim over the last year, you're, you're very uh, sympathetic to that. But as the owner of the franchise, now with this crossroads of the season, uh, I think that he should have to kind of talk to the fans and let everybody know what he's thinking, 
Um, you know, obviously he's not going to be Jerry Jones, who seems like he's doing an interview every other week. But I mean, at some point this season, it feels like we have to be to hear from Terry Pagula, and it's just it doesn't even seem like it's an option. He's completely um, hidden away from any kind of interaction with the media, even during training camp and and stuff like that. Like, there's just really no access to him, so it's hard to think. To, to even try to surmise what he's thinking because we just don't get to talk to him very often. I think Matt, Gene, and I may, may differ a little bit on this point as we kind of like project and look ahead and, and look into the crystal ball and try to think what the future looks like for this organization at the uh, end of the season. Assuming it's it's seven games for Sean McDermott here to kind of save his salvage his tenure in Buffalo, and, and it's it's it doesn't go well, and you you bring in somebody from the outside. Is this an appealing job for an outsider? Because a, a lot of us would say, well, you have your franchise quarterback, and for most head coaches, that's the first step. You get your franchise. Yes, you do have a franchise quarterback, but is Josh Allen going to be appealing? to an outsider seeing that he's just been a turnover machine since he entered the league. Oh, dude. I mean, this will be arguably the most coveted job to come up over the last couple of years. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime kind of quarterback. And you know how offensive guys are like uh Sloak from Houston, the 49ers, uh, former 49ers passing game coordinator, who's now their offensive coordinator and turning CJ Stroud into an MVP. Could you imagine what he thinks he can do with access to Josh Allen? I mean, you know, Mike, he's a new version of Mike McDaniel. Could you imagine if Mike McDaniel had gotten, you know, uh, Josh Allen and, and maybe what they can do with that offense? So I do think that it's going to be a place where people want to go. It just, you know, there's a lot of the story left to be written. And I still don't know, barring absolute collapse where – you know, they missed the playoff. They're out of the playoff race by like the, the early part of December, middle of December. Um, how they move on from, from McDermott. Like part of this is too, like they just gave him a contract extension. We know the history for both organizations with the Sabres and the Bills with coaches over the last couple of years. Like, do they want to, does Terry Pagula want to bite that bullet? And then to your earlier point, what does that actually look like? Are they a package deal? Does he move on from Bean and McDermott? There's a lot of like really hard questions that go into this whole situation. And I don't know if we have a lot of answers right now. Yeah, The one thing I'd like to learn about, because uh, during the the radio broadcast, I don't know if they're doing this at the stadium last night. It was not at the game last night. But during the radio broadcast, you hear Chris Brown, hey, reserve your seat, you know, play. That's my question, Matt, because you know it, this was always kind of the blueprint during the drought era. Hey, we need to sell things. Let's give fans a little bit of hope. Well, now you're selling the biggest thing of all time in terms of this franchise history, a price tag that many fans are going to ask hard questions. And if this season ends up being eight wins, seven wins... I mean, how much do you think that could actually factor in that, hey, we got to give the fan base here, you know, something nice and shiny here and give them a little optimism to open up the wallet? Yes and no. I mean, this is a, or I get that, right, what you're, what you're talking about, but this is a different fan base. And, I mean, I was out of town for five of the 17 years of the drought, but I was here for the majority of it. And... This is a region that with their wallets and with their passion back this team. And they know it uh, every year. You know they're going to show up no matter what happened the year before. I mean, you see the social media onslaught 
that some of the other fan bases get from the Bills, Bills Mafia when they're leaving games early and they're kind of bailing out on teams later, later in the season. Like, there's frustration, don't get me wrong. And there's, you know, you know, some fans want change and all that stuff. But I don't think that, like, as long as Josh Allen's around, um, it, I mean, I, I should provide a caveat to this. This has definitely been a weird six months for Josh Allen. Like, let's be honest. There's a bunch of things that have been talked about that haven't been talked about that, you know, we got to, like, see how this plays out for the next six months, where he's at. To me, the, the piece of it that has not sit right over the last few months has been, like, the kind of veiled shots at the fans all of a sudden, which is weird. Like, it's a total departure from what Josh has been. And it, and it feels like the stress of it all, the commercials, the matting cover, the, you know, all of the responsibilities of being an NFL symbol, uh, one of the faces of the league, it seems like it's wearing on him a little bit because it hasn't gone according to script this season. So how does that, that to me is the only thing that can potentially derail, you know, the, the fervor of the fan base is that the relationship takes a hit with the quarterback. And I just, I don't see that happening. I, I feel like there'll be some type of rally, unless it's just Joe Brady takes over and this offense just looks terrible <laughs> and they end the season, you know, in, in the floating uh, dumpster fire uh, gif. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Matt, we know that we've got a Sean McDermott uh, Zoom call coming up here in just a couple few before we let you go. Uh, what else do we have coming up here this week leaning up to, oh, by the way, the Jets coming to town uh, late uh, Sunday afternoon. It's such a fitting opponent, isn't it, for this week when the Bills will be challenged the most, changing things over. Um, we'll have you covered at the site. Uh, we'll have tons of uh, I already have an emergency podcast up. I, I linked up with John Scott from Spectrum News, covered the Bills here for a decade. Uh, gave some great perspective with Ryan in class. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night with our Staples show. Uh, we'll have a preview later in the week and a uh, bunch of coverage up at the site. Yeah, you know, just the com- comedic relief here. SVP was at uh, the game last night, Scott Van Pelt, and just a stone's throw away from Rochester. He got a plate. Man, we could bring you one in next time, bud. I know, you know, it's okay. I I don't like to kind of push myself on other people's platforms, you know, I feel like that's just, it's just unsavory. That's, that's Gene in a nutshell. You just kind of, wait, I I think Gene Gene should feel attacked. Look, I'm going to be at the game Sunday, man, in case, you know, uh, Ryan's busy or. Listen, I'll hold open like maybe a five minute segment. Let's just walk before we run, you know, okay? (laughs) Right, Matt, appreciate the time, man. Thanks, Hang in man. there. Talk to you soon. Hey, you got it. There is Matt Perino, Syracuse Post, standard covering the Buffalo Bills with some unbelievable points, as always. Great insight from Matt. Very close to the team. And and the the, the Gabe Davis thing might have been... I mean, like, there's so much to be mad at. I, I personally, like, if you're a leader, if you're a captain... That's it. You're a captain. You own it. it. Own it. Coward. Absolute coward. I think Matt hit it there. Like... He's not a number two. There was on display. That was a take that I'll let you walk back, Danger. No, no team's paying him number one. No, oh, he'll get. He'll be. He'll be a wide wide receiver number one for Bryce Young next year. Watch. <laughs> It's the Great. NFL, man. All right. Good luck with that. Then. Uh, all right. We got to get uh, to Sean McDermott's uh, Zoom call. We're going to have that for you here live uh, on the fan, Rochester. 
Uh, as today, the news, Ken Dorsey relieved of his duties, Joe Brady stepping up to be the interim offensive coordinator in wake of the Bills falling on Monday Night Football to the Denver Broncos in another just gut-wrenching <laughs> Oh loss. my gosh, they lost to Mr. Unlimited. They did. We can't even make fun of oh them Oh my anymore. gosh, throwing for under 200 yards. You want to know the scariest part about all of this? I haven't even brought this up yet, and I don't know how he's going to deal with it tomorrow in the break room. Tommy predicted that this would happen. This was his bonus pick. His bonus pick was that Ken Dorsey was going to lose his job. We laughed. We laughed at him. I, I, does this mean he has to come back into the sports bar? I don't, I, are we, we get that? Like you, you brought up earlier how national perspective, like people that are not close to it, he's not close to it. He can no. just evaluate the situation right. and be like, this is not good. Tommy, Tommy his, his bonus picks are so wildly unfathomable that you know we laugh them off like yeah okay that's not gonna and it it was the same thing with monday it was the same thing yesterday morning and it was it was like yeah okay mm-hmm. you're right and it actually happened son of a bitch i have no idea how they're going to deal with that tomorrow i don't know how we're going to deal with it moving forward i you know that that 30,000 foot view sometimes gives you the best uh, perspective. We'll get to uh, Sean McDermott's Zoom next. And uh, we have time for your calls as well. If you want to join us, uh, 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 